welcome to the moonshine jesus show we are back and we are live recording this podcast and i am here with my good buddy caleb lines caleb how are you sir hey i'm doing just fine how are you doing mark very well man i am so thankful and grateful for you your willingness to be a part of this show to co-host this uh beast that we call the moonshine jesus show uh you and i have gone through some tests and i think it's going to go very well caleb for those who have uh, followed the show and maybe aren't following along with progressivechristianity.org our sponsor uh, is co-executive director of progressive christianity uh org and so uh i i just want to encourage you to check him out there and some of the other links that you will find of stuff he's written you're going to really appreciate it uh as you know caleb we always start this off with a drink uh what are you sipping on today hey mark i'm drinking an old-fashioned and i know for <laughs> a true bourbon lover like yourself it's a sin to mix up bourbon uh -oh. and a cocktail <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> a good bourbon I, i'm okay with an old-fashioned you get a pass on an old-fashioned old for sure okay thank Absolutely. you it's just maker's mark is what i've got oh, maker's that, mark that's and, not a bad uh, that's not a bad mix particularly for an old-fashioned i kind of like your choice there i know not yeah, a bad mood I'm drinking straight bourbon, uh, no ice, no water, no anything. 1792 uh, small batch bourbon. Uh, one of my go-tos, and it's delicious. Cheers, sir. I look forward to uh, the future on the show with you. That's right. It's going to be great. And hey, let us know. I see a couple folks letting us know what you're drinking. We'd love to know what you're drinking as you sit down and talk theology Absolutely. with us. Absolutely fantastic. So listen, a couple of sort of just housekeeping things. Uh, like we said, we're uh, being sponsored right now by PC.org. Uh, you can uh, follow uh, them on Facebook as well as obviously progressivechristianity.org's uh, webpage. Uh, also, uh, make sure that you follow uh, the Moonshine Jesus Show either on Facebook or on Twitter. We'd love to see you there. Um, and you might notice that just, just like the last time, uh, Caleb, we have two cisgendered white men I see doing, that mark. A doing a progressive show. So let's just, let's just own up front that yes, we're both co-executive directors of progressivechristianity.org. Uh, and as an organization, we are doing some groundwork on, uh, making sure that, uh, we've got our eye on diversity and doing the right things. Caleb and I have made a commitment that we're going to do the same thing with this show, it's going to take uh, a few iterations, I'm sure, to get to the point that we understand what that's going to look like. But uh, I feel pretty confident of, of, about getting there, and, and and it's really important. I Absolutely, it's important. And so I think one of the things we're going to commit to do is try to use our voice to uh, explore uh, others who are, you know, often on the margins and lift up a piece of pop culture, too, that are about people on the margins, like maybe we're going to do today as uh, <laughs> exactly. we prepare to talk about Encanto. It's a I'm great so excited show. excited about it. We're going to talk more about it after the drop, right, Mark? Absolutely. We'll catch you there. to the moonshine jesus show today we are talking about disney's encanto and if you mm -hmm. haven't seen this movie it's an incredible movie 
It uh, is about this magical family called the Familia Madrigal. They live in a magical house in Colombia, and they each have magical powers, save one, one. Mirabelle yes. Madrigal, and she's a main protagonist. And it features the music of the one, the only, the only. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mark, are you a women <laughs> Miranda fan? I am a massive fan. I can't tell you uh, uh, how how much Hamilton. I, I bought. I, it's one of the most brilliant things ever written in terms right. of musicals, which well, is in terms of literature in general. There's so much appeal, uh, but I, I do want to say right here before we get too far in, uh, and and we always try to let people know this on the Moon Giant Jesus Show that uh, yes, there will be spoilers ahead. So. Uh, if you've not seen it or and don't want it spoiled, I'd say pause right now, go watch it and come back. You will not be disappointed. Yes, it is a children's animated movie. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, I think I texted uh, you, Caleb, uh, as the as I was watching the show near the end of it. I, I'm I'm not crying. You're crying. I mean, it is so <laughs> emotional and it hits you in all the right places. It really is amazing. It absolutely is. And I think that's one of the powers of Win Manuel Miranda is it doesn't really matter what the medium is. He's so mm. creative. He's such a genius that it, it just shines through. You know, I was introduced to him yeah. through Moana. I've got a six-year-old. And so yes. I, I watched Moana. I'm like, this is incredible. And then I got really into in the Heights and uh and then into oh, yeah. and then into Hamilton, of course. And uh, of course. he's just incredible. I love it. Yeah, I, I think his talent is unbelievable. There's a, a number of songs in in this uh, this movie that he really hits the right note. Uh, pun intended. Not really um, hits the right note at the right time, and it, and it really connects with you. I, I, another thing I texted to you is uh, I think uh, we don't talk about Bruno's my new jam because yes. man, oh my god, that was amazing. Fantastic. Have you seen like the TikTok challenges to people singing and dancing? <laughs> we no. don't talk about Bruno. It's like a phenomenon. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I love it. <laughs> well, so let, let's dive into let's dive into the storyline a little bit. So yeah. um not surprisingly, in, in a Disney movie, that there is a number of larger themes going on that they're trying to get people to understand and to connect, particularly with children about, uh, yeah. to try to improve. Uh, the world, our, their lives, and, and, and to maybe be somewhat counterculture against things that impact us negatively that we sometimes buy too much into. Uh, what did you see as some of the major themes going on in Encanto uh, and, and uh, how they played out in terms of how the story was told? Yeah, so the family was certainly a dysfunctional family, and uh, mm. it was very interesting to see the family dynamics, right? And so yeah. all the family members get gifts, and uh, and I found myself wondering Ma- magical like, gifts, magical gifts, right? Not just you know uh, regular gifts, but they they got right. kind of like superpowers that, that mm-hmm. they can do, super hearing or controlling the weather, things like that. And, you know, the the more that played out, the more I found myself wondering, are any of these gifts actually gifts uh, or, or, or are they curses or right. something? What do you think, Mark? Well, I don't I, I don't really know. I mean, you probably picked up on uh, the dysfunctional part a lot earlier than I did. Um, at first, I, it all seemed kind of like celebrating these gifts to me to a yeah. degree. Um yeah, by the end of, of the show, I, I think there was a great lesson that was told in terms of yeah. was were the gifts 
were they gifts or, or were they curses? Uh, were they blessings or were they curses? Yeah. And, and, and I think just like it's about anything in life, it, it really came down to how it was approached and how other people approached it. Um, yeah, the yeah. gifts themselves were neither. I don't think they ever are. They just are. How what we lend to them, and I think this is part of of what the show was talking about. What we put on them, what we lend to them, how we view them, gives it the leaning toward whether or not it's a positive or a negative. And, and in the show, we 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 have a pretty heavy hand. It's the person's both the hero and, and at times a villain. I would say. Mm. Hmm. that puts the pressure on about what to do with these gifts. I mean, um, did you think, did, did, did you think that Alma, like, did, was she a, a positive character for you at any point? Or, or so f for me, almost the one that put a lot of pressure, like you've got to be this way because you have yeah. this gift. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a great question. And a great point. You know, I, obviously she's like the matriarch and is holding the family together. And then also, yeah, putting a lot of pressure on them. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking that, uh, here she's, she says in the opening song, right. It's our vow to help those around us. And yet it's like at the <laughs> expense of, of the family. And, uh, I think we see that, uh, clearest first uh, with uh, yeah. Louisa, you know, she, and if you haven't seen it, she's the one who has super strength and uh, yeah. also kind of a, a queer Latina character, which I think is very interesting. That uh, absolutely is, is, is great it, in a, in a yeah. Disney movie, and, you know. And it's turned out that uh, that Disney was not happy about her looking so strong and so yeah. everything, and, and tried at least one executive tried to have that written out in terms of her look. And uh, uh, big props to, to to the writers who who like no, this is important. We're going to keep it in. Ha, Louisa has become one of the the favorites of a lot uh, of uh, the kids who watch this, like a, a real character that they identify with and, and help them break out of the stereotypes of what little girls are supposed to be like. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the, the breakout character of this. Uh, I love yeah. that. And I love the song that she sings, she sings about all the pressure that she feels. And, uh, yeah, I think we can see her, you know, like trying to, I mean, she sings about it in the song, trying to conform mm -hmm. to these expectations and how it's weighing her down and how she's bending but never breaking. And uh, yeah. I think we see that over the course of the film through oh, yeah. all the characters who are trying to fill these roles exactly. that they really can't inhabit. Yeah, and that her song, I'm glad you pointed it out, was kind of the moment where my head started reanalyzing everything that was going on. When I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, no, no. Uh, uh, Alma, who I was really kind of like, oh, she's the matriarch, she's doing great. I started realizing, wow, there's a lot of undue pressure being put on folks, and it's causing them, like, the, the same thing with uh, Mirabelle. Um, yeah. There was so much pressure because she didn't have a gift that her life she was like working extra hard to be positive yeah. and happy when she was always being excluded and had real emotions around that, but didn't feel like she was in a place she could talk about it because that wasn't okay. We don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno is the great song, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's wonderful because it's, a, there was a lot of things that we don't talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love, in terms of Mirabelle, my favorite, I think my favorite line of the movie is at the beginning. She's just, you know, introduced every member of her family and the kids are like, what's your gift? What's your gift? And they find out that she has no gift. And, uh, 
you know, she says, gift or no gift, I'm just as fam- I'm just as special as the rest of my family. And then uh, they're getting ready uh, for, for the special event. And we see like the, the ants making a rainbow in the sky. And we see her sister Isabella uh, have, decorating the house with flowers. And we see her sister Luisa moving things around. And one of the kids says, maybe your special gift is denial. <laughs> I, I love that, that they, that's my favorite line in the film i think maybe your special gift <laughs> is denial because she's you know she's kind of uh she is forced to live in this and you know the family really yeah. excludes her and uh oh, there's absolutely. that scene you know where they're taking a picture of the whole family and she's not even in it and nobody right. really seems to notice uh that no. she's not there not not at all not at all and and that's interesting because that it shows you the importance that was placed on 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 miracles on these gifts which were considered miracles um and that somehow she didn't have a gift that that she didn't have that miracle and throughout the the show we see her pursuing this like uh, um, wanting to have a gift wanting to have that miracle happen for her and I think by the end of the show, what we see, because she's the one that ultimately, uh, I don't want to give maybe away too much, but uh, a lot of bad things happen around both the pressures that uh, that Alma was putting on everybody, but also the way that the magic holds up. And, and they live in, in uh, a magical house that, that's that got all these wonderful properties. And there's this light, this this candle that that burns nonstop, that provides all of this magic and miracles. Um and it starts falling apart, uh, and yeah. much like the family is starting to fall apart. The, the, we we start seeing all of this, and people's gifts start. And and Isabel's the one that rescues them. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, I love this message of we're surrounded by all these people. Isabel, all, all these people who is are thought to have miracles and making their life better, but the reality is their life isn't better because of them. Yeah. And in the end, the only real, I'm going to use, you know, air quotes, miracles that happen comes from the person who doesn't have this miracle gift. Um, She is determined. She is, you know, intelligent and passionate, and she pursues what is going to make life better for all of the folks, not only in her family, but in this magical city that they live in, this Encanto, this, uh, this this charmed place, this uh, spiritual uh, blessed space. I I love that, Mark, and I I also love that the one that they don't talk about, Bruno, the uncle who can see the future. I, again, mm-hmm. as Mark said, that not a spoiler free zone here. That uh, <laughs> that Bruno is living in the walls and literally patching the cracks. <laughs> Of right. the house, because we see the house actually crumbling, like actually cracking. He's living in the walls, fixing the cracks because the family won't listen to to the reality about the family. Uh, yeah, which is just kind of amazing to me. It, it really is, and that's part of the. It's the, another element to the bigger story of the people who are thought of as outsiders, the cast out, the pushed aside, the ones who the boundaries and borders and rules and regulations that the 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 higher ups, the matriarch in this case, set up, uh, kind of pushes them to the edges and the margins, um, are the ones that ultimately save everyone. Yeah, and I, I think that that's an interesting thought, uh, maybe to end this segment on. Um, 
why don't we have another drop, Caleb? And when we come back, let's let's look at some of the political impacts. I'm sure some of the theology that we're already kind of beginning to delve into will come up then as well. But uh, let's let's look at what the lessons that this teaches us might have to say about politics, maybe specifically U.S. politics. <laughs> So, Caleb, just as we came out of that last segment, I, I, I began to touch on this idea that there were the, the matriarch and, and everyone else bought into it very much. So I'm not trying to place the, the blame at all. And, and I think in this particular case, as we're moving into politics, it's, it's more helpful to talk about the hierarchy of, of the family. Uh, the hierarchy, those in power at the top, define some pretty clear boundaries and borders uh, and rules, expectations about what is appropriate and what isn't and how we act and how we don't act and who's important and who's not. Um, I know that it's a cartoon, so that's very far-fetched. It never happens in life, right? <laughs> I, I think that that is a, a great symbolism. And I, I love that this, you know, this talks about, uh, it makes it relatable to kids, but also there's a lot here for adults too, right? Yeah, to yeah, to think about the hierarchy. And one of the things that really, hit home for me was the historical context. And, you know, just like a lot of Disney films, it's kind of vague, but I think it's probably the thousand day war uh, at the, at the turn of mm. the 20th century uh, where, you know, there's kind of this yeah. civil war in, in Colombia. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's kind of the, the moment where the, the U S got involved in that, the U.S. hierarchy, right, gets sure, involved right. in what's happening in mm -hmm. Central America and uh, really uh, encourages the separation of Panama so that we can get involved with the Panama Canal and can control right. uh, what's happening in Central America. And so I think yeah. it's fascinating that we've got these uh, this family that becomes refugees, right, and this encanto, this enchantment kind of comes up to surround them in the midst of this this political scene that's happening uh in in colombia yeah there's a sort of a, a, a little refuge space that that yeah. unfortunately doesn't happen for most people i mean we can cut immediately to the u.s mexico border you and i both have visited there particularly in the last few years i mean you live within a short driving distance yeah. basically from there um i went with a group called vote common good uh i'm also encourage you to check them out. They're good friends of the show and of some other groups that I work with. And we toured the area. We talked with immigrants. We saw uh, what was set up there. And uh, it's certainly it's certainly not a refuge. It's certainly not a refuge. That's right. You know, uh, two or three years ago, we had all these uh, all the the migrants at the border that were fleeing uh, fleeing this chaos in Central America that the U.S. government helped to cause. And yeah, I live here in San Diego, went across the border and toured some of the uh, encampments. And that's right. It's it's really the uh, a result of U.S. foreign policy that made this happen. And then uh, 
we in the United States act like it's such a big surprise that there are these people who are fleeing yeah. the political violence that we help the right. cause for our own benefit. Exactly. And and let's let's be clear, this is not a Democrat Republican issue in general because the Democrats have had a year to do something about it. And if anything, are just reinforcing some of uh, yes, there is some structural stuff that they're working on trying to make better, but they're basically reinforcing some of the worst parts of the way that our 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 our, our border refugee um, uh, policies work. I mean, we're we're basically kicking people back into Mexico uh, and leaving them exposed to all kinds of things, including. Uh, groups of folks who are, who are who are coming after them are going to try to make money off of them or try to kill them or try to hurt them, all kinds of horrible situations, rather than what we're supposed to do, which is to provide a safe space and a clear way to uh, seek refugee status in the United States. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, Trump didn't in, invent the the crisis at the border. Uh, he made it a lot worse. worse. He made it a yeah. lot worse. But things were bad before him, and they're and they're not great after him. Yeah, we're not we're not seeing yeah. the Biden administration step up a lot in terms of trying to make it better. Uh, there is a lot of talk about um, behind the scenes structure that needs to be done that they're working on kind of thing. Um, and I'm sorry at this point in politics, you know, I don't know how much I want to trust that rhetoric. I, I'm hoping it's true, but I know that what I'm seeing happen uh, on the borders doesn't, doesn't necessarily reflect that. Um, but I, I do want to kind of sh shift a little bit into theology here, because one of the things that started occurring to me, and, and I've, I struggle a little bit uh, with the show on this, is that there are some real themes that that are connected directly to queer theology that happen here in terms of uh, setting up uh, particularly binary expectations, but uh, expectations in general of how a person should be and who they should be. And, and and it's in the in the show, it's not until people start living out who they really are that they find happiness and they find satisfaction and that the real miracles begin to form. Um, but that's one of the issues. Like all, everyone is 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 pretty cisgendered straight in, in the show. Uh, Louisa, like you said, could, could be considered a, a queer character, but it's so damn stereotypical. Um, like, like I, I'm surprised that, that uh, I, I'm guessing that the executive had a problem with how strong she looked. I also didn't realize that that could, that she could be a character that would uh, very easily connect with marginalized people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point, Mark. And uh, you're right. We do kind of get the the stereotype, like uh, the, the big, strong lesbian woman uh, who has trouble uh, expressing her feelings. And that's, uh, I think that there's such an opportunity in this day and age to create characters that that speak to uh, a broader range of people. And I think even among kids shows, we're, we're seeing that more and more, which I think is hopeful. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw Luca. Uh, that you know has the, the, yeah. yeah the two two kids and so I think that the more we see that uh, the the more empowering that is and uh, yeah I, I I I would love to see more of that uh, so yeah I would too I, I, I mean and, and, and I think we need to acknowledge it's Disney so we got something right. which was a lot more than something. I might have it. like <laughs> in, in that area which is a lot more which is quite like it's a great it's a great film I like it it's got its own issues and the the the, the the corporation that 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 owns it i mean we have our own issues with them as well uh but but i think it's a helpful film because it does introduce some of these theological uh 
perspectives about um, the importance of seeing the good in each person or the importance of seeing the God in each person um, rather than like when we make rules and regulations that, that marginalize people, yeah. what we're really saying is we believe that who we are is better than who you are. So we're going to set these regulations up so that you can't participate as much. I love that point, Mark, because uh, in, in Kanto, one of the things that really struck me was that the door ceremony, which if you haven't seen it, this is the ceremony mm -hmm. where they go and they, they get their powers. It felt to me a lot like Christian baptism. Uh, and mm. so um, like the you weren't really a part of the family until you had gone and had a door ceremony. Right. Wow. And until then, you weren't really a part of the family. Like the two people who married in, eh, not really a part yeah. of the family. Mirabelle, whose uh, door disappeared, uh, she's still living in the nursery. She's not really a right. part of right. the family. Matter of fact, yeah, matter of fact, the youngest child who, who is sharing it with her moves out of the nursery, like significantly younger child. When he gets his door ceremony, he gets to move into his own space, and she's still left there. Uh, still in the nursery yeah. by herself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it is amazing. And there is there's some interesting uh, baptism stuff that goes on here. I mean, early on, we talk about uh, Alma and her well, her husband's name is Jose, I believe. I believe uh, that's correct. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, uh, but anyway, um, the scene where they're escaping, and he ultimately turns back to uh, confront the the violence that's coming at them to save the family. Uh, they go through uh, water, through the water, like they yeah. walk through water, and it's yeah. after that that life changes for them and the miracle happens. So there are some, you know, it's pretty easy to spot themes. So I I, I like that you picked up on a non water related theme that really is a lot like ba baptism here, in terms of yeah, you're family, but you're not real family. And I think that made me wonder because I because the going through the water that's like a positive baptism theme, right? And then they get this this, yep. this blessing on the other side, but the door ceremony is kind of like a a negative baptism theme, right? Because then people are excluded, which made me wonder about how we in the church uh, yeah. exclude people in the church. Mm. And so I'm mm. thinking about that as you're talking about queer theology and how you know the church uses rituals and language or just behavior to exclude other people. Uh, Mark, do you have ways that you've seen that happen? Oh, no, I absolutely. And particularly, I think the best like kind of zone right in on it example has to do with visitors. Yeah. So uh, let's say you're a progressive church and the community area knows you're a progressive church. Um, so someone who maybe hasn't been to church in a very long time decides to show up at your church. But when they enter in, there are, uh, uh, you know, pews to sit in and certain ones are more important than other ones. And certain people sit in certain ones. And then frequently you have some kind of dogma that's repeated during the service. And I've been to churches where it's not even printed, uh, more or less explained. Um, and, then you, like you pointed out, baptism, if you don't, if that, if somehow that doesn't connect with you, it doesn't have a, a, a deep spiritual uh, meaning for you and you choose not to, you're going to be eliminated as well. I, I, for, for me, it all comes down to dogma. There is yeah. so much dogma in the church that's much like the expectations of Alma is, is to not be questioned. It's who we are and the, enough people buy into it 
that you don't get to question it. We just do it. And it causes boundaries and, and, and uh, obstacles to inclusion, which ultimately is what happens in the, in the Kanto too, is you can't really be included. That's right. Unless you've, unless you've bought into who the uh, family Madrigal is. That's that's mm -hmm. when you can be included. And right, mm -hmm. churches, they, they say that they encourage you to ask questions, but what they really mean is you can ask questions as long as you come to this predetermined answer. And if you come to that answer, right. Right. You can go ahead and ask all the questions you want. Or, I mean, I think since we've been talking about queer theology, I think we see this in terms of like acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community as well. Like, no, absolutely. we want you to come and be a part of the church but, uh, you know, um, and this even happens in progressive churches, I think. But don't talk too much about who you are. Uh, don't make it too known. You can, you can kind of come here and, and be who you are, but but we don't want to hear too much about it. And so we're not, yeah, we, so we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about affirming, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I was at a, a, I worked at a church and it was a wonderful church. Their social justice uh, stuff was amazing. Uh, and there were plenty of, of same-sex couples that were there. But it was kind of clear in the same-sex couples knew that we don't talk about it. Uh, you, you're not, you know, yeah, y'all can be together. But, you know, uh, unlike uh, Mary and Pete over there, we don't want to see you walking around holding hands. Uh, that would make us uncomfortable. That would be uncomfortable because mm, uh, we don't want to talk about it. And if you're holding hands, we're gonna have to talk about it. That's not okay. Yeah. Um. So it definitely goes on. I mean, it, it, and if it goes on in churches, socially justice oriented churches, uh, you you know we've got a lot of work to do. And it's not surprising that people are walking away from the church when that's the reality. I mean, um, and 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 in in Kanto, what we ultimately see though is uh, the few marginalized who kind of push, uh, push back and, and, and prove out that having this miracle in your life is not what makes your life better. What makes your life better ultimately is being allowed to be who you are. And yeah. it's such a simple lesson. It's a biblical lesson, but it's a lesson that churches seem to find way too hard to figure out. Why is that? That's, you know, I, I think, uh, in response to that, one of my favorite points of the of the show, again, not a spoiler-free zone. If you, if you don't want to know this, stop listening for a second. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I think one of the most impactful moments in the movie is when they all lose their gifts. And yes. then they all have to band together as a community to rebuild rebuild their house they all have to come together and they they kind of have to accept each other as they are to really yeah. flourish as community and at least for me i think that was the most impactful part of the mm. of the whole show mm. yeah well, uh, this is fun talking about Encanto. And one of the <laughs> things that we do on the Moonshine Jesus Show is we have a hashtag game, and mm. we're going to talk more about that in just a few minutes. Let's listen to the mark. Let's listen to the drop mark. <laughs> Moonshine 
it's time for our third segment, which is the hashtag segment. And I think that this is a lot of fun. First of all, I don't know where you're watching it. There, It's streaming on uh, several different channels. So if you haven't right. uh, liked the Moonshine Jesus Show on Facebook, make sure that you do that. And uh, also on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. They're on Twitter. Twitter is Twitter as well at Moonshine Jesus on Twitter. Uh, lots of activity usually with the hashtag games there. That's uh, that's and I, great. And I and I should while we're talking about that, let me do a little bit of a last piece of housekeeping. Uh, this podcast will be up tomorrow on Podbean. Uh, that's MoonshineJesus.podbean.com. Uh, you can follow us and find out more about there. Since we are restarting, rebooting it. Um, not all of uh, all our outlets are up and running. It takes a little while to get that going. Uh, Apple in particular, you've got to already have a show and have it out there and have an RSS feed. So it's going to take a little while for us to get listed back onto podcasts, you know, uh, three days to three weeks. Uh, but you'll be able to find us at Podbean, uh, moonshinejesus.podbean.com up until then. And we'll start showing up on other outlets as well. Uh, thanks for letting me do that housekeeping. I am, though, much more interested in this hashtag game. It's time for the hashtag game. And so the biggest line that people are quoting from Encanto is, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, and I think no, that no, no, we don't talk. We, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's no. It's your jam, Mark. It is your jam. I, lo I, love, I, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> Lin-Manuel's so a genius, man. He's a genius. He is. Yeah. And that got us thinking about other things that we don't talk about. And so our hashtag this week, I think, is going to be uh, hashtag we don't talk about it. And we want to hear <laughs> some things that uh, that we don't talk about, either because, uh, you know, maybe it's awkward uh, or it, it can be something funny. It can be something serious, but something that right. we've been taught that we shouldn't talk about. Uh, so, you know, like uh, you might walk into a church and uh, you might look around at the art in the church and you think, man, Jesus looks really, really white up in here. Hashtag, right. uh, we don't talk about it. Right. Right. Hashtag, we don't talk about white Jesus. <laughs> we, don't hashtag, talk about white hashtag, Jesus. we don't talk about it. And then just white Jesus is all you'd have to really white say. Jesus. We talk about white Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. And it could be personal, too, though. I'm yeah. thinking of like personal stories like. The time that um, uh, I I went out, a buddy of mine and I found out that some friends were camping in the deep woods of Appalachian Mountains, and on a whim we decided we wanted to go scare them, and we uh, we, we took rechargeable flashlights and they cut out halfway down the trail, and uh, we spent the whole night sitting on a very dark trail. We couldn't see our hands in front of our face. We don't talk about it, though. We, we don't talk about it. Don't talk Hashtag about it. we don't talk about it. <laughs> we do not talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, th there's so many. I mean, it, it, family stuff, funny stuff, awkward stuff. That one's both, fam well, friends and awkwardness. Uh, do, you have, do you have anything else that, that you know? As a, a You know, one thing we don't talk about in my family is when I was a kid, we were playing kickball in the house as kids do. And, you know, like we had parents saying, don't play kickball in the house. My mom had the ceramic frog someone had given to uh -oh. her. And you know where this is going. That's already going in. That ball kicks, you know, knocks over the frog and uh, yeah. uh, cracked into a million pieces. We glued it back together. Uh and hashtag we don't talk about it. We still don't talk about it. It's off limits to this day to talk about that ceramic frog. <laughs> so whatever you've got, 
uh, you know, awkward, serious, personal, family, whatever. We want to hear uh, what what it is that you don't talk about, and we'll pick our favorites next time. We'll yeah. So use the hashtag we don't talk about it. And if you have enough space, uh, particularly if you're not on Twitter, you probably will uh, add the hashtag Moonshine Jesus. Wonderful. You know what, Mark? I had a blast. Uh, I did too. I'm hey. glad we're doing this, man. Cheers, man. This is so much fun. I, Cheers, for those I who are out there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll be here weekly on Mondays, 4.30 Eastern time, uh, 1.30 Pacific. Is that correct? That's right. Great. All night. right. So uh, <laughs> quick, quick on the run. I, I usually would mess that up. But anyway, hey, we are grateful that you showed up to watch the Moonshine Jesus show. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Jesus, the Moonshine Jesus.